I spend time every morning in the Word of God. I don't say that to boast. I say that not because I'm so strong, because I'm so weak. I need to spend time in the Word of God. I cannot do what I need to do. I cannot be what I need to be unless I spend time in the Word of God. You know you have so many thoughts going on in your mind on a regular basis. And if you let them take root in your mind, they will control your life. Whether it's a fear, whether it's a, a wrong desire, whether it's a bitterness, whether it's an unforgiveness, whatever it is, if you don't take time to renew your mind, your mind is going to take you, is going to take you in places you don't want to go. You know, I was, I was just uh, talking to my wife this past week. And again, we know how basic it is, right? Read the Bible, pray. But it's because of, the, it's, it's, a, it's developing our relationship with our Father, with our God, with a God who's good to us. But I was talking to my wife, and, and you know how in life things just come up? You know, maybe at work somebody talks about you. Maybe somebody says, you know, uh, is, is critical of you. And what does that thought do to you? Wears you down, right? It, it discourages you. Maybe it'll stay with you. And, or, or maybe you expected someone to, to reciprocate in some way. You help them out. Maybe you let somebody borrow money. Now, don't look around. And then when it came time, you needed money. They were nowhere to be found. And what happens? Those things get in your heart. And I don't know about you, but, but I, was, I was sharing with my wife this week just how you know, things come up, even if they're small. You know what you have to do? You have to deal with them in God. Now, I know that sounds very simple, and it doesn't sound too profound, but let me tell you, it's, what I'm saying is it's powerful. If you don't deal with it, it's going to deal with you. <laughs> if you don't deal with it, and there was a couple of things, and they're little things, but you know what? They rob our peace. They rob our joy. And you know what? I got to get in prayer and I got to just, God, I give it to you. Sometimes I got to keep saying it over and over again because it doesn't go that quick. Do you, do you, does this make sense? I'm trying to help you because this is critical. I believe that the devil works in, in little way. What does the Bible say? It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's those things in the vineyard that you don't think of that, that much of an issue, but it really takes down. The, 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 it, it, it saps the sustenance of that venue. It's that little fly in the ointment that messes it up. And it's the little things sometimes. As Christians, we might conquer the big things, but it's the little things that trip us up. It's the little things that cause us to come into the house of God and not be able to worship. Why? Because we've got unforgiveness in our heart. We've let something come in. And, and let me tell you, I, I, I hate to tell you this, but you'll always have things to deal with. Sometimes, many times during the day, and you got to just, God, I surrender. God, I let it go. God, I forgive that person. God, I'm not going to keep thinking about. Anybody have a problem with just keep thinking about things over and over again? All right, maybe there's one honest person. Can I find them in, in the church this morning? But when you spend time in God's Word on a regular and a consistent basis, what happens? It's renewing your mind. When you talk to God about things, and see, you have to understand, 
God is your heavenly father. God loves you. God cares for you. He's concerned about everything that concerns you. Turn to the person next to you and say, he's concerned about everything that concerns you. Oh, you're not helping me this morning. I'm going to come and just help somebody. Help me. God is concerned. You know, there's a scripture in Isaiah. There's a scripture in Isaiah that says, in all their affliction, speaking of the people of God, in all their affliction, in all our affliction, you know what the Bible says? He was afflicted. In all their affliction, God carries our burdens. God feels our pain. God knows what we're going through. And he cares for you and he cares for me personally. But unless we by faith bring them to him, unless we by faith surrender them to him and let go of our pride sometimes and let go of unforgiveness and let go of bitterness and let go of issues, you know, God will test you. God will test you. The devil tempts you to destroy you. God tests you to develop you. No test if you don't graduate. Hello? Do we think it's any different in Christianity? When you give a testimony, some of us gave testimonies, powerful testimonies Wednesday night. You weren't here, you missed it. Just life changed testimonies. But you know what? With the testimony comes a test. You know, uh, the devil's going to try to rob you of what you testified of. And when you get a blessing, you know, when you're blessed in the house of God, what happens? There'll come a test. But, but God allows that to develop you because just the blessing doesn't develop you. It's how you process it, how you, you develop through and walk through it and grow through it. How many of you know you can't give too much to somebody too soon? You can't give children too much freedom too soon because they don't know how to handle it. God is developing his people, but it's through a test. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's through the test that you develop. But it's not the end of the road. God is bringing you into something greater. God is bringing you into something more. But if you don't pass the test, how about the life of Joseph in the Old Testament? The life of Joseph. Think of what Joseph went through. Sold into slavery by his brothers. You think your family's dysfunctional. Sold into slavery. And, and, and not only, but before they sold him, they thought of killing him. They wanted to kill him. A few of the brothers wanted to kill him. He had a, he had a nice brother who said, let's not kill him, let's sell him. Real nice brother. <laughs> and the Bible says in another portion, one of the, 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 the prophets, I believe, it, they heard his tears and his groan, and they didn't respond. When Joseph was in the pit, He's crying out for mercy and his brothers are eating lunch. But God gave him a dream. God gave him a vision. But before the fulfillment of that vision, before that dream comes to pass, there's a test. Will he, will he allow unforgiveness? Will he allow bitterness? Will he allow things in his life to control him? And that was his test. If he didn't forgive his brothers, he would not have become the second most powerful man in all the land. Prime minister in Egypt. Second to Pharaoh. 
with all authority. But it came because he, he, he went through the test and he let it go. Can you let it go of some unforgiveness this morning? In case you're wondering, I'm not going to preach the message I prepared. It's just too long. I didn't feel to get into it. I felt to just exhort you. But I believe maybe there's, there's some people that God's just trying to get you to let go of some things this morning. Testing you because he wants to bring you into a fuller revelation of, of his plan and purpose for your life. Can you let go of some, some bitternesses? Some people did you wrong. Do you know sometimes God will test you? God will you God will, will allow you to bless somebody. Say, I bless Brother Douglas. And you know the Bible says, He who waters will himself be watered. The generous soul will be made rich. But how many of you know you can bless somebody, and then when you need a blessing, in, in our humanness, I can look to him, oh brother, I blessed you. And then, and then we pray, Lord, I need a blessing. But we pray it loud, not that God can hear it so that others can hear it. Don't do that. It's like the boy during Christmas time. He was over his grandmother's. He's praying, and he's with his, bro his brother in the room, and, and he's yelling, God, God, I pray that you'd bless me with a nice shiny bicycle for Christmas. And he's yelling, and his brother said to him, Why are you yelling? God's not deaf. He says, No, but Grandma is. Don't pray for other people to hear you. Pray that God hears you. But see, if I'm looking to him, God will allow him not to feel led to give to me because God doesn't want me to look to man as my source, but to look to, to God as my source because God can bring it in in any number of ways. God can open the windows of heaven to pour out a blessing upon my life. So don't get disappointed when people don't respond to you the way you think they should. Well, I helped you. I was there for you. That's okay. God can bring a blessing and help from unexpected means to let you know, to show you that I'm your supplier and not man. So don't look to man. Look to God. And when people are not there for you, you know, forgive them. Let them go. Say, you know what, God, I trust you. God, I trust you because God will bring other. But if you get bitter and resentful, you're going to drive people away. Not only are you going to drive the blessing of God away, you're going to drive people. Nobody wants to be around a cranky person. Turn to the person next to you and smile at them. Amen. But see, this is the work of the Holy Spirit. This is the work of God through his word and through prayer. These are not religious duties. These are opportunities to develop in our relationship. Remember when you used to read the Bible and every word you would just, just go over that word and read it over in scriptures like trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. He shall direct your path. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. That used to give you such excitement and, and, and such hope. But now it's, oh, I know that verse. Do you remember? I know it's a different age. But when I was younger, you know, uh, my wife and I, the last few weeks, we've been just kind of going through our house and throwing things out, cleaning things out, purging. You know, we save a lot of things, you know. And, I mean, I save. I mean, I have 
letters from a hundred years ago. But anyway, I found a, a little letter that I had written, a note that I had written to my wife before we were even dating, because we were friends. And I was like, you know, you start to read it, and then you, you, you read into it, and then you get revelation. Like, I was saying something, and my wife was saying, why did you say that? And I, I said, I don't know. But, but it's like you begin to, you, you're looking for a deeper meaning, and, and, and you realize when, when you're in love, you, you look into the word, and that word just kind of. So, so some of you, maybe when you were young, you wrote love letters, and when you first received that love letter or sent it, and the other person, you know, what do they do? They, they read every word, and then you go back and you reread it. The Bible is a love letter. The Bible is a love letter. God's love is revealed from Genesis to Revelation. And I'm going to be speaking, I'll speak next Sunday on, on why we believe the Bible is the word of God. And, and I want you to be here. I want you to invite somebody here. Uh, there, there are a lot of people, I got some statistics that are just mind-boggling of what, what young people today, the millennials that are uh, the biggest age group, uh, they, just, they just surpassed the uh, baby boomers, which I'm a part of. But they surpassed in numbers, and uh, um, millennials, uh, I believe it's, what is it, 1980 to 95, they were born in that period. There's 73 million in this country. And the statistics of what they believe about the Bible is just mind-boggling. But we believe, in, and I'm going to explain to you, and I'm going to share why we, why we believe that the Bible is nothing more, nothing less than the Word of God. The word of Almighty God. And it is critical in the day and age that we're living in. You know, people who believe like that are becoming almost antiquated and, and marginalized. But nonetheless, God's word is still true. It's still powerful. It's still infallible. It's still inerrant. And it's still authoritative. And so next Sunday, I want to share that word. And I want you to invite somebody with you that maybe doesn't believe in it. I'd like to help them improve. Uh, with, with, with some powerful proofs that the Word of God, the Bible, is in fact the Word of God. Would you stand together with me this morning? I want us to pray. And I want, to, I want you to just commit to taking time every day to spend with God. If you say you're a Christian, that should be the norm. Amen? You know, if you say you love someone and don't want to spend time with them, you don't love them. Can I be frank with you? You know, and sometimes as a pastor, I was talking to my wife, you know, we almost try to dumb it down so much. And can, can you can you spend two minutes a day with Jesus? Like we try to make it so like because, you know, we don't want. But following Christ, man, you lay down your life. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, take up your cross, deny yourself and follow me. And we can today, some people watch football for hours. Some will watch two or three games at once. But can you spend two minutes reading God's holy word? Can you spend a minute? Like, you know, we, 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 we make it so palatable because we don't want to offend anybody. But the Bible says that, that the early church, they continued earnestly. They continued steadfastly in prayer, in the preaching of the word, in the breaking of bread, and in fellowship. Why? Because they realized, you know what? This was the kingdom of God. Amen? Come on, let's commit ourselves to pray, to read the word, to draw closer to God, to let things go. Would you take your hands and just shake them? Just shake your hands. Come on, let's shake off unforgiveness.
Come on, let's shake off attitudes. Come on, let's shake off those things today. And, and, and let's make a commitment that we are not going to let those things get in our heart, but we're going to deal with them. I, I, I guarantee they're going to come. But you know what? The Bible says you lift up the shield of faith and you'll quench the fiery dots of the enemy. Amen. Father, thank you for your people today. Father God, I pray that you would just impassion them. You would just uh, provoke them and stir their hearts to get to know you in a greater way. God, that as the church and as the people of God, we would truly be committed to you, God. We would not just be uh, uh, playing games or just going through the motions, but God, we would become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Today, we shake off unforgiveness. We shake off bitterness. We shake off bad attitudes, Lord, and we commit ourselves to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ through the Bible and through prayer. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen and amen. God bless you. Would you take a moment to greet someone, hug someone? Just come on, just encourage someone before you leave this morning. Thank you for listening to the Victory Church Podcast. Join us for worship every Sunday at 10 a.m. and for life groups every Wednesday at 7 p.m. We are located at 321 Vesey Street in Providence, Rhode Island. Have a blessed day.